Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Into the Pit. I'm very happy to welcome Joshua Chairs here. He's from Phantom Detectives, and we're going to learn a little bit about him and what other kind of interesting stuff that goes on over there at Phantom Detectives. So, Joshua, tell us a little bit more about yourself. Yes, my name is Joshua Chairs. I'm a paranormal writer, historian, researcher. I originally got my start in the supernatural by watching uh, In Search of by Leonard Nimoy, which was one of my favorite television shows that everyone knew back in the day. And, of course, Unsolved Mysteries of Robert Stack. And, of course, Unsolved Mysteries of Robert Stack was really one of the first television shows to dive into the paranormal. So when I uh, originally got after doing that, I watched this episode called The Haunting of the General Wayne Inn. It's this old English coaching inn in 1704. It was called the Wayside Inn. And this inn actually was called the end of the 17 ghosts. Um, you know, so I was watched, started watching that episode one night uh, as a three-year-old child. And then what happened was a lot of things that happened supposedly that was covered on that episode, including uh, Hessian soldiers seeing the basement of the, of the Revolutionary War. There was also supposedly Ben Franklin's sort of mail there. There was also people seeing a, poor, uh, a tenant that would go outside and there, a car would be uh on completely turned on and the, the keys were locked there would be also people seeing like the television would turn like would turn clockwise and then counterclockwise um there was also reports of you know hearing voices so this inn was very haunted and then of course uh you know once i started watching that episode i started getting uh, a hold of every book i could on the paranormal um back in the early 90s of course we didn't have a lot of access to like websites and stuff like that so I went ahead and just picked up every book I could by Dr. Hans Holzer, uh, you know, by, a, you know, one of America's first ghost hunter. And, of course, his legendary investigations with his transmedium Civil League and Ethel Myers and, you know, Dr. Holzer, of course, create, was also the inspiration behind Ghostbusters back in the 1984 and the 1989 films. So the whole entire television series is inspired by Dr. Holzer's research. And then. Of course, much like everybody, I started, uh, you know, diving into reading about UFOs as well, um, reading books, you know, hearing about Bob Lazar back in 1989 and Area 51 and the story that George Knapp broke. And, of course, hearing um, this really amazing voice on the radio back in the 90s. And I heard this name that says Dreamland with Art Bell and hearing, you know, his show, you know, was really kind of unlike anybody that I've ever seen before and hearing him talking about time travel and ghosts. And I was hooked from the minute I found him on the AM dial one night. And as a kid, like you're like just completely blown away at like some of the stories and things that he was sharing with his listeners. So I think combined with reading all the books and magazines, I think it wasn't really until 2002 when I had the opportunity to investigate the General Wayne and I had my late mentor, Michael Lee Mayer, had a local uh, Philadelphia team at that time. And uh, she actually created an amazing quantitative analysis of the inn before she passed away. And I was in the basement area one day taking uh, pictures uh, with an old, you know, just a standard digital camera. And at that time, ghost hunting equipment is not like it is now. You might have had maybe an EMF meter a you know maybe a voice recorder uh, flashlights and maybe some dowsing rods and just you know because equipment now is like really evolved but the tech back then was real basic you know polaroid pictures you might have too um so i took a couple of pictures in the basement area and picked up these really weird green and yellow streaks of light and then i went back and checked with the historians of the inn at that time and then i found out 
that the uh, eyewitness accounts of people seeing a Hessian soldier in that area matches, you know, the pictures that I have. Like, you can really see some really weird things in them. And I took up the Kodak and different people. And unfortunately, those photos um, were, you know, everyone looked at and they said no reasonable explanation why those were there. And then, of course, in 2004, I went to Westchester, got my Bachelor of Science in Business Administration. Um, and then, of course, all the ghost hunting shows started popping up on TV uh, around 03, 04, you know, ghost hunters. I'm friends with those guys from the plumbers from Rotor Rooter. Um, you know, Go- Paranormal State came out with, you know, Heather Taddy, Katrina Wyman, Ryan Buell. Um, you know, that was a really amazing experience. And then, of course, Ghost Adventures came out. So all these television shows started popping up all over television. And then, uh, you know, six years later, I was really fascinated. One day I started watching watching this episode called The Haunting of Summerwind. And uh, Summerwind, of course, is this old mansion uh, on the shores of West Bay Lake, uh, Wisconsin. And there uh, I watched the episode. It was actually created by a guy named Robert, uh, actually John, uh, I can't remember his exact name, but he, oh, John Frank uh, actually created it. And it was in uh, basically Akron, Ohio. He was a real estate developer. And then he moved up to Wisconsin in 1914. And then he sold the property to a guy, a future U.S. Secretary of Commerce named Robert Patterson Lamont. And of course, Mr. Lamont um, had the place redeveloped from a fishing lodge into a mansion. And then he renamed it Lilac Hills. And then a lot of paranormal activity started happening when Mr. Lamont actually purchased the property. There was reports of uh, people seeing a floating lady in the uh, actual, uh, you know, the, in the kitchen area of Summerwind. There was also uh, people seeing, uh, you know, Mr. Lamont and told his servants, hey, grow up. There's no such thing as ghosts. So then what happened was one night, according to the Summerwind episode, he actually uh, grabbed his black powder pistol, fired two shots, missing the ghost. And um, never returned to the mansion. So the basement door flew open. Mr. Lamont grabbed his pistol, fired two shots, never came back. And then what was amazing was a lady named Lillian Kiefer bought it in 1948 after Mr. Lamont died. So, the, you know, it went to her. And, of course, over the next 20 years, she would have people buy it and then it would go back to her. And then, uh, you know, much like that. And then after she uh, bought it. Uh, you know, uh, she actually sold it to the Henshaw family, which is this, a couple, basically, they were contractors back in the uh, late 60s, early 70s. And when the Henshaws moved in, a lot of weird things started happening. Um, they had to nail all the windows shut. The doors, the windows would fly open on their own. Um, there was also reports of people seeing, like, um, you know, disembodied voices, footsteps. And what was really weird was contractors would try to come work on the property and tools would, like, appliances would break down, like, left and right. And, and then, of course, then all of a sudden they would work the next day and then they would have, um, you know, supposedly there was uh, Arnold's uh, one day. Uh, his real name was Jim Hill, but Arnold Henshaw supposedly had a uh, organ in the house and he started playing at the all hours of the night and supposedly went mad and, you know, played this organ. And then, of course, he tried to sh- have show his April, his daughter, April, to go into this crawl space in this room. And supposedly, according to, she was this 10-year-old girl, he was, she was Ginger's daughter and Arnold's stepdaughter. And supposedly, she found a skeleton inside this uh, crawl space. And then they, they reported to the police, but nothing. And then the next day, the skeleton was gone. And then when Arnold went mad, Ginger tried committing suicide. It was really bad. And then, of course... Um, what happened was the, the summer wind went back to Miss Kiefer in 1973, so the family never returned. And all of a sudden, Ginger's father, uh, a popcorn vendor by the name of Raymond Von Bober Sr., uh, he went ahead and said, hey, I'm going to try to purchase this place. 
and, Gin and Ginger pleaded her father not to buy it. It's very demonic. It's, it's evil, you know. And so basically, she he thought he could make a go of the place again. So he would send, you know, he would have the same problems that the Hinshaws would have, where they would um, have appliances, they would break down, um, you know, the, and of course they would try to paint uh, rooms, and all of a sudden, you know, the rooms would change shape from the original blueprints according to the stories, um, never heard that before. And then they would have, uh, you know, doors flying open by themselves. And the, what's really crazy is the Bobers, when they had the, uh, the mansion, they never lived inside the mansion. They always had a trailer on the property. So they lived outside and they would, they would continue to work on it. Uh, so basically, fortunately, there was actually a book that was actually very hard to find. If you, it's right now, it's on eBay for like three to six hundred dollars. Called a Carver Effect, a paranormal experience written by Wolfgang von Bober. It kind of details the Hinshaw and the Bober ownership of the uh, Summerwind Mansion. Um, so what happened was after they relinquished it, it went back to Miss Kiefer. Where she died in 1985. So it went to a, 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 a couple by the name of Harold and Babs Tracy of La Crosse, Wisconsin. So they got the property. And after they got it, uh, unfortunately, Mr. Tracy bought it as a wedding anniversary present to his wife, Miss Tracy. And then uh, two years later, the place burnt down. So all that remains today were the two tall chimneys and the foundation, the steps. But in 2014, I actually purchased the original blueprints to summer one, which were quite hard to find. And I found out that the seller uh, of the uh, blueprints was a guy named Raymond Von Bober Jr. He was the brother of Ginger Hinshaw. So he was actually, him and his father were working on trying to rebuild it, but it never worked out that way. And then, of course, the Hinshaws, when they got it, um, you know, we I seeked out a connection to the owners of the property. And I came across Wisconsin ghost hunter Craig Naring, and he runs the Fox Valley Ghost Hunters up there. And we created a Summer Wind Restoration Society in 2014 to restore, rebuild, and relaunch. So we're trying to rebuild this old mansion from the ground up with the original blueprints. We just got to find investors. And that's going to be the biggest challenge, you know, um, finding the right investors. And then, of course, um, 2015, I uh, called one night and I worked and I started calling into the former producer of Art Bell's radio show. And he has a radio show in Los Angeles. And I said, hey, would you, would you be interested in bringing Craig, my friend Craig and Kevin? Uh, they were actually running the Summer Wind Project at that time on your show. And he said, absolutely. So he went ahead and brought them on. And then a couple of years later, I ended up working, booking his guests for his show. And then, of course, another staff member of Art Bell. So then I really became intertwined working with art staff members on their radio shows, helping with the guests and, you know, um, answering emails and stuff like that. So it was a really cool experience. And then August of 2020, I decided I'm going to start my own paranormal team. I decided to branch off because much like you, I was trying, I wasn't happy with how my old team was progressing. So I just said, you know what, we're going to start over. So I brought one of my old team members over to my new team. And I decided we're going to create business cards, you know, where we're going to go ahead and uh, have a logo designed. We're going to go ahead and, you know, have a really cool name, Phantom Detectives. We're going to, we're going to, and then we're going to start, uh, you know, doing investigations under the new banner. And then, um, you know, I started uh, just kind of building it from the ground up. And then we started buying equipment and then just uh, started going doing cases and started just going to our own places and just, you know, seeing as much as we can. And what's amazing was, you know, all the investigations that we've done, we've always gotten amazing evidence. Um, one of our first cases that we did was a place called the Sanderson Museum, which is in Chadsford, Pennsylvania. This was been back in December of 2020. And this Sanderson Museum is actually was a really cool museum it has a lot of famous it's got an actual a purse from the jenny wade house inside of it like you know it's part of gettysburg 
Um, there's a person there. And there's also a bandage inside the museum that was on President Abraham Lincoln after he got shot by John Wilkes Booth in 1865 in the museum. And there's all kinds of like letters from famous dignitaries like Helen Keller, Keller Shirley Temple, Sitting Bull, like all famous notable figures in the 1930s. They have these handwritten letters in them. And the night that we were doing this investigation at the museum, we started uh, our, our former team member and I, she has since left the team and started her career, her career, but she took a photo. You could see this really huge orb, very defined with a multicolored, you know, multicolored orb. And, and right at the same time, our EMF meter batteries, batteries started going out and then our batteries completely died. And the uh, DVR camera was like, you know, really picking up something and we weren't in that room. <laughs> wow. So that was pretty wild. And then, and then what happened was we had another case. Our second investigation even was even more crazier. We did the Mill of Anselma. And the Mill of Anselma, of course, is this old uh, mill. It's the continuing uh, oldest operating mill in the United States. It dates back to around 18, uh, sorry, 1747, called the Lightfoot Mill, created by a guy named Samuel Lightfoot. And, um, you know, of course, famous dignitary Sarah, Sarah Oberheiser. She was a poet that lived there back in the early 1900s. And the last millwright was a guy named Oliver Collins. So we set up um, various cameras all over this old mill. And what's amazing was you can see this on our YouTube channel called Phantom Detectives, LLC. You can see this door. Mind you, we're the only ones on the property. We're, we're two floors up, so there's nobody on the property. This door flies open by itself. And mind you, it was bolted shut. And... I have no reasonable idea why that happened. Um, you know, in terms of that, that was pretty wild. And then later on that night, we also were doing, uh, we call phantom timers. We allow the phantoms to talk to us on our voice recorders. You know, it's our version of the EVP session. And we got this uh, EVP that said, go, go, like that. It was completely terrifying. And that was three floors up. And then we started, uh, and I, then, I, then I swore that we went ahead and saw like something literally like a huge mist, like kind of fly by that area as well. And there's, there's no, there's no drafts or anything up in this attic. <laughs> wow. So that's pretty wild. And then, um, and of course I'm so happy because then in March of 2021, after the case was over, I, I really wanted to bring somebody in from the UFO world because I love UFOs. And I brought in the U S ambassador to the Italian UFO Federation, FUI. And I reached out to a guy on LinkedIn by the name of Rick Warner. And Rick, of course, was a part of the Delaware MUFON for a number of years and he was, um, you know, going to start his own UFO organization. But one of the skills that I really love that he brought into the fan detectives talent pool is he knows how to interview clients. He's He's got all the training from MUFON to how to really bring out their stories. And then, um, you know, he uh, also has, you know, field surveying skills and he knows how to do crash and retrieval stuff. So uh, I can definitely recommend him for your show. He's fantastic in terms of talking UFOs. And uh, he came in and made his debut investigation with us at the Betsy Ross house. And the Betsy Ross house, of course, is pretty amazing. It's our third investigation. We booked it through historic uh, Philadelphia in April 2021. And the night that we were there, our my Fillmore team member and Rick were in the basement area just doing EVPs. And, of course, the Paralyte, which is like a paralyzer, that was going off like crazy. And you can hear these growls coming out of these voice records. I'm like, holy heck, it's completely terrifying. And then I was three floors up, and I got an EVP that said i've been there i've been here too and then uh right after that taking that evp i started just taking pictures just point and clicking with a thermal camera and a thermal imaging camera what that does it picks up hot and cold signatures you can see like i'm sure you've seen on the most of the investigation shows the cold spots are blue and the orange spots are red and everything between that is kind of semi-cold um and what's wild was i kept pictures of this cold image you can see this the silhouette of this woman wearing a dress 
And I definitely believe I caught a thermal image of Betsy's spirit. And that was right in the area. We had a REM pod that was going off as well. And after we did that investigation, uh, we had a lot of things that happened because after that, Leo Ashcraft reached out to us and then I said, hey, would you be interested in buying the Dark Matter News name? And I said, absolutely. And I said, it's a new service that I had for Art Bell. I, I'm, I don't want it anymore. And we went ahead and purchased the Dark Matter News name, the website, the logos, all the rights to the brand. And then we relaunched it as a uh, tribute website to Art at darkmatternews.com. So we keep that alive. And then, of course, I was doing at that time, I was taking um, mediumship classes uh, with Cindy Kayser from the Holzer Files, a world-renowned psychic medium. She's actually a protege of James von Prague, and she's um, she recommended one of her students um, join our organization named Melissa Ferrazano. And Melissa, of course, is a remote viewer. She has healing. She's advanced, uh, studied advanced psychic mediumship under Cindy Kaza. And Cindy recommended her. And I said, you know, we don't have a psychic medium on our team, our investigation team. So I went ahead brought melissa in and um you know she has been absolutely phenomenal on every investigation like when she made her debut in case four which was at the selma mansion uh selma mansion of course was created by uh actual andrew general andrew porter who was a uh part of the american revolution he served under george washington and he was the great grandfather of abraham lincoln's uh, wife mary todd lincoln so mary todd lincoln would shop in philadelphia and visit her ancestral home and uh, outside of Norristown a lot of times. So when Melissa actually worked there, she said, Josh, I'm, sensing, I'm, I'm sensing a connection to Lincoln. Lincoln, what do you know about the connection to Lincoln here? And then I would I would just let her walk through the house going blindly, and then kind of slowly I would kind of feed her little tidbits of information. And then she picked up on this servant lady that was supposedly very welcoming on the, the third floor. And then, you know, she went ahead and started picking up that connection. And I, we actually created a, we called a thermal image of a, a woman in a dress in the kitchen area that definitely matches the um, apparition of the uh, servant woman. And then, of course, Rick, and up in the uh, third floor, supposedly we had a guest investigating her. Uh, her name was Ashley. She was there with us hanging out, just doing uh, part of the investigation. And up in this third floor doll room with the Selma mansion, you started seeing like the K2 meters were all going off. We have a static electricity meter that was going off. REM pods were going off, and the minute I went up there and I saw all three of them that were doing the investigation up there, I had to I was uh, all the way watching the command center, the TV system, and literally, you can see this uh, little uh, cabinet like bolted to this wall fly open. I have no reasonable explanation why that happened, and uh, we caught a lot of evidence on that case, and since then, we have gotten so much evidence on every investigation, and it's been an unbelievable journey. Wow. You're Psychic medium, uh, you said her name is Melissa. Melissa, yep, yep. How, how did you How did you know she was the real deal when you brought her on the team? Well, not only from like knowing that, like basically some of the things that she's been able to capture, but because she was recommended from Cindy Kaza, and I trust Cindy's opinion with my life because Cindy, like to me, like if one of her, she's gonna recommend one of her students, like that, you know, that comes with the high esteem. So when Cindy had recommended Melissa to join us, I was absolutely blown away because I'd given her no knowledge of any of the locations, and I wanted to. So that's why I put her abilities to the, the test on the first case. And she went in blindly, and she picked up numerous things that were spot on with the history. I told her nothing at all. So when you can go in and you can use your equipment, and some of the words that was picked up on our ovulus were matching what she was, her impressions, that to me is a strong correlation when you can use a piece of equipment like, you know, like the ovulus, which uses the EMF fields to generate words and responses, and they match some of her, her readings. That to me shows 
that she definitely is sensing something like you know and i think that there's what they call it for psychic mediums there's three um type of clairs which is a clairvoyant which is someone that can see the dead um someone is also called a clairsentient which is they can sense the dead and there's also a clair uh I think it's called the oh, clear audience, which you can hear the yeah. dead. So Melissa is definitely someone that can, um, you know, she's a clear audience and which is really amazing is after I put her abilities to the test, like she has been absolutely spot on with everything. And she's also taken on the role now of case manager with us now, where she's kind of like our Donna LaCroix for tap. She does all the bookings for the investigations. She, she'll get us out and, uh, you know, she'll ha- confirm the date and time. And of course, instead of meeting with the client in person, like other teams do, we actually just do it over the phone. It just saves all the, from gas being like three or four dollars a gallon right now. Instead of having to drive all the way there, interviewing, come back, we just interview them over the phone and just get their permission to record the interview. And that's where Rick is able to draw out their story. And then from that information, we can determine if the case is worth warranted because we have our own like case management system now where if people want help, they have to go to the request help tab on the, our website and it takes us, it'll take it to a dark matter news form. You have to fill out the form. Then it goes to Melissa, and Melissa will share it with the team, and then um, Rick will it will decide whether the case is worth taking on in an interview. And based on the interview, we'll decide whether we set up our equipment. And of course, we'll set up and then you know set up four DVR cameras, EMF meters, voice recorders. We'll do like dowsing rods, and which is amazing was we have our own version of the uh, Estes method, which is seen on many of the paranormal investigation shows. But we've made it better. What we do is we take Melissa, our psychic medium, and then we put uh, we put uh, ear earphones on her. We put a blind. We put these really cool Gansfield style goggles on her. They're kind of really cool. They're from like War Party Paranormal. They're a new kind of like um, you know I call it. We used to do the blindfold, but we put these new Gansfield goggles so she can sense things. And then what we do is we add EMF meters. We also add voice recorders and we're scanning the AM FM state rate of stations. You know, we're also adding more layers because you're, we improved the SD's method with that version. And we just picked up the PSB seven pro, which even has, has temperature on it. It has more additional motion sensor on it. So it's got, it's got like little REM pod lights on it now. So we uh, went ahead and improved. So that's the one version we have. And then we have another version where we still scan the AM FM station but this time we also have Melissa use a scrying mirror. After we do that version, we have version one and version two, and she's able to tap into more energy by holding crystals and, and you know using a scrying mirror. So it's really cool. We've came up with things that are never done before in paranormal investigations that are unique to us. <laughs> right. Um, which equipment do you feel is genuine and others is just kind of for show? I'm comedian David Race in Los Angeles. I host a celebrity-filled paranormal talk show like no other. Monstrosity has great guests answering weird questions. You won't believe the combo of celebrities and paranormal experts who've been on this show. I guarantee you'll like Monstrosity, or you get your time back. Go to monstrositypodcast.com right now and take a look. I think the most ing- genuine equipment, at least so far that I've seen on investigations, to me, the most genuine course, you can never go wrong with a 30 or 40 hour voice recorder, you know, because the digital voice recorders are absolutely great because what's really awesome about them is you can just basically hit record, stop record, and then just put it on your computer and use like a free program like Audacity and then just start listening and amplify everything and see what you hear. And if you hear like certain words, to me, a digital voice recorder is one of the best things that you can get. 
And we also, there's also this new product from North Canton paranormal detect detectives called, they're called lighted dowsing rods They're electric. You can literally change the lighting on them like at will, like change it from orange to blue to green. Because we film a lot in 4K and, you know, so we do a lot of our filming ourselves for investigation. So they work really great because Rick is, mind you, Rick is like holding the dowsing rods. He's perfectly even. He's gotten really in tune with them. He's holding them steady. And you can see them when they're, when they're, when they're pulling apart for no and when they're crossing the rod. Yeah. For yes, and mind you, you can just make a pair of dowsing rods out of a pair of coat hangers for like ten dollars at a local, you know, buy a couple at a local thrift store and make your own versions of them. But the lighted dowsing rods are great just because they're they're great in the dark. That's they work really fantastic. And then of course, um, we use also the phasm lights for ghost stuff, where you can change the lighting when you're filming. You can change it from red to orange to blue. There's also you know there's also we use night vision a lot of times. Um, of course, one of the best pieces of equipment that we love is a security system. These work phenomenal because you can set up four cameras in different places. And what's awesome about the setting up a security camera system is that if you're not in a room and something go a piece of equipment goes off, you can immediately go right to that room and pick up where the activity is at. Or say for example, you see something moving, or we picked up some more of our best EVPs, spirit voices on the DVR camera. It's constantly running. So you can pick up and it's motion sensoring cameras are, are some of the best tools that you can use. It's a lot of work. It takes hours to review all of it, but it's rewarding when you get like, like, you know, that one door that flew open by itself that I found on our DVR review. So that's uh, to me, the security cameras are great. Usually we use four and probably when we start getting the larger locations, we're probably going to need like six to 12, but I think just the four standard one and they can use um, And of course, some of the other pieces of equipment I recommend, of course, is much like the other ones, of course, the Paranormal Pup 2 is really cool from Digital Dowsing. Uh, what that does is it uses like energy, it measures all these different like uh, atmospheric conditions, like temperature, humidity, air pressure, just different things like you can find out about different rooms and you can run it on the app and just run on your smartphone. It'll just pick up environmental data all night. And sometimes you can see if the dew point in one room or the humidity room, if it increased or decreased based upon like, you know, different, um, you know, aspects. So environmental data is really cool. And then of course, um, the para lanterns are really cool. You know, you can set those off there. They're like, they're like kind of like little EMF meters. You can just use them. Like you can move them anywhere. They're really great. And of course, uh, REM pods, you can never go wrong with them because mind you, you actually have to physically go up to them for them to light off. And yeah. there are some of the most simplest, um, pieces of equipment and of course uh we use a laser grid light like you know they're great because especially if you aim if you know there's a lot of areas where shadows are you can set that laser grid light right on that area sometimes you might see like a shadow or something come by it you know and of course thermal imaging cameras to me are amazing if you know how to really look at interpret everything because you have to be very careful like making sure you don't see your reflection in the mirror because you could think that's a spirit and all of a sudden it's just you you basically so that's why um thermal imaging just try to you know being like take it like when rooms are unoccupied like and then just try putting your hands on like sinks and stuff you can see what your fingerprints are and i remember watching an old episode when katrina weidman was with ryan buell on paranormal state and you can see this clear hand basically on this wall, but mind you, it was a cold hand. And then Elfie, of course, one of Ryan's former team members, went up to the wall, and you could see like her hand versus the other hand was like three times the size of her hand. And um, and mind you, that nobody was uh, put their hands on that wall. See, so basically, you can see heat, heat signatures, but the thermal camera is great because if you pick up cold signatures, I've talked to a lot of experts in the field it's probably something paranormal especially if there's no reflections or no you know ways that your your shadow could have been casted you know onto the thermal camera so thermal imaging camera works really good uh some of the equipment i think is still scrutinized i think the one is the sls camera very easy 
false positives on it. I mean, from, yeah. you know, basically if you have a chandelier or a water bottle um, or like any kind of things that's hanging, like such as like, you know, stuff all, you know, pictures on a wall that could very, very easy create a false positive. So you have to be very careful. It works really great, but you have to use blank walls and you have to hold it steady and make sure you're not trying to move it left or right. Cause it'll create a lot of false anomalies. So that's uh, something very important. I think the SOS camera is wonderful, but there's a new one. Um, which I think is amazing from relatively paranormal. Not only does it do uh, 2D mapping, but it does 3D mapping. So it's like, it's a completely, it can be used as a static night vision camera, but it also can be used as a, you know, 3D. You can actually take it through like 3D environments. I'll start creating 3D charts and stuff. It's amazing. Um, you know, I'll plug the website in. So relativelyparanormal.com for your listeners. So it's a really great device. So of course we use motion sensor music boxes too. Those work really fun. That play little, little, you know, you know, uh, we have like little horror movie themes, like, you know, one will play like the Friday 13th theme and stuff like that. There's little <laughs> fun things for, you know, <laughs> that we just add in, just add to the fun of it. <laughs> I think we should get a bunch of folks together and have a show where we just talk about some of the equipment and how we feel about it. That yeah. I know everybody has their own opinion, but that, I think it'd be fun. Like an open panel show, like, you know, yeah. bring Katrina on myself and just sit down and like talk about different like pieces of equipment that are, you know, how do you feel about this? What is your opinion about this piece of equipment and so forth? <laughs> yeah, we should try that. We should try that. So what is your, what is your website? Sure. So I'd like to plug in our websites here at the end uh, for your listeners so they know how to reach us and all that. So I'm going to just mainly give the, the central hub. So everything is going from the central hub. So the first one I'm going to give is Melissa's website. If you need a psychic medium done or you want to you want to know more about what she does and you want to get like her ability to, to sense what you're doing, Melissa can be reached at all one word, psychicmediumautumn.com. At psychicmediumautumn.com. And you can also look her up on Facebook at Psychic Medium Autumn Melissa. You know, on Facebook, Psychic Medium Autumn Melissa. Um, so if you want to reach, if you have a UFO case, you want to talk about, you need a field survey done or an interview done or analysis done on any kind of UFO research, Rick Warner, who's our ufologist of the group, he can be reached at uh, ERC, like e, ERC, the number two, explore.com. So it's ERC2 explore.com uh we also have a, our fifth member of the team besides uh, holly staples false is mark anthony the psychic lawyer psychic explorer would be a great guest for your show by the way he can be reached at afterlifefrequency.com uh that's all one word afterlifefrequency.com he serves as our researcher kind of like our jeff bellinger from florida <laughs> and then of course um dark matter news which is basically all one word it's uh you know the, the new service of the late art bell which is darkmatternews.com and then, of course, the team website is like you can find all of those websites on the main team website, which is drumroll, phantomdetectives.org. That's all one word, phantomdetectives.org. And if you want to contact us, we also have a Discord server where you can chat with us real time. What all social media are you all on? Uh, we're on. Um, the really cool thing is on social media wise. You can look us up. We're on almost every single platform. Uh, we have a link tree, you know, linktree.com slash Phantom Detectives. Uh, we're on Facebook. Uh, actually, we are. We have Phantom Detectives on Facebook, Phantom Detectives on Twitter, uh, Flickr, Tumblr, YouTube. I mean, every single platform that you can think of. And, of course, we also have Dark Matter News, which is basically owned by Phantom Detectives. It's, you know, a complete separate entity. It's like a department within Phantom Detectives now. You can look that up, too, at... Uh, Dark Matter News 2015 on Facebook, 
And it's, and it's all over on the bottom of the website, darkmatternews.com. We have all of our social media links at the bottom of both websites. Well, I will put all those links in the description, so it'll make it easy for people to find you. But Joshua, man, thank you so much for coming on the show, man. It was a lot of fun. And anytime you want any more of the team members, let me know. I'll be more than happy to get you their contact information. Oh, yeah, definitely want to have them on. And I also want to thank all you folks out there. If you are new to the channel, we'll hope you'll come back. Please hit that subscribe button. My regulars, you guys are awesome because you make it possible for me to do this. Until the next one, everyone, please take care. Be kind to one another. God bless and peace. Bye-bye.